hold on to me as we go as we roll down this unfamiliar road and although this wave is stringing us along just know you're not alone I'm gonna make this place your home. Good morning. You're listening to AM 1560 FM 97.7 KNZR and also streaming live on KNZR.com. And it's now time for the Kern County Real Estate Review, hosted by Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group at Coldwell Banker. Whatever your real estate needs are in Kern County, Lori and the McCarty Group are the local experts you can count on. Whether you're buying, selling, relocating, or maybe you just have a real estate question, all you have to do is call her at 661-665. Sold. That's 661-665-7653. And she or one of her team will be delighted to help you, so give them a call. And good morning, Lori. Good morning, Adelaide. How are you doing this lovely Sunday? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Doing excellent. Super. Hey, is there anything new in your world? Uh, You know, what I've been thinking about is it's nice to see things opening up. I know. Isn't it great? Yeah, you're going out on a weekend, you know, Friday night, and people are out and about. And it's great to see these great restaurants opening back up, and you can sit inside if you want. Yes. Or, you know, outside. Um, It's just good to see that. However... The traffic, ugh. I know. Isn't it amazing how spoiled we got (laughs) when everyone was staying at home and we weren't open? Yeah. Oh, the roads, there's no traffic whatsoever. We're doing great, right? And now all of a sudden it's like, whoa. I joked, I I went to L.A. uh, to catch a flight uh, a couple of weeks ago, and um, my my husband asked how the drive was, and I said, well, it's really bad when everybody on the road's driving like you are. (laughs) He said, yeah, now you know how annoying it can be, Lori. I was like, yeah, okay, I'll slow down a little bit. Yeah, drive safe out yeah. there because, yeah. yeah, those roads are picking up traffic. They no sure doubt about are. That. So um, what are we talking about today? Well, today's show is going to be a medley of real estate news. So I thought mm-hmm. we'd talk about the headlines and, and probably a few things that didn't actually make the front page. Mm-hmm. I wanted to start off with the positive things that have happened due to COVID-19 even though I know that seems like a bit of an oxymoron. You know, last year, staying at home became a requirement, and that caused many homeowners to really have a renewed gratitude for the roof over their head. In fact, 64% of American homeowners say living through a pandemic has made their home more important to them than ever. That really makes sense, though, when you think about it especially because 83% of homeowners say their home has kept them safe during the COVID-19 pandemic. Though more than a quarter of homeowners, about 29%, say they used to view their home as a burden, but now it's one of the most important things of their life. Isn't that amazing how spending time there can do that to you? Yes, yes. We're there a lot. It's our sanctuary. Absolutely. And interestingly enough, an overwhelming majority 91% of homeowners say that they feel secure, stable, or successful owning a home. That's music to my ears. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, that feeling of security really extends to the financial aspects of homeownership as well. Despite the uncertainty of the past year, 
17% of homeowners say they are more financially secure in their home now as compared to before the pandemic. That was something I found kind of surprising. Definitely surprising. And then 43% of homeowners consider their home a financial asset, up from only 36% who said the same thing before the pandemic. And while over half of American homeowners, about 56%, include their home in their personal financial portfolio, nearly a quarter, 22%, of those don't know how they'll use it as an asset now or in the future. Maybe they need to talk to me. (laughs) Anyway, according to a recent study, 45% plan to make significant home improvements to make their home more comfortable, and 72% that refinanced are planning some sort of home improvement this year. With 33% of mortgage holders tapping into their home equity for home improvements, and that's up 21%. So you can see how important this has been. Mm Mm-hmm. While many people were nervous about buying and selling real estate, since they feared a repeat of the 2008 credit crisis, there are actually four forces that recently helped revive the U.S. housing market, and they're likely to help keep it humming. Government support, suburban bliss, I like to call it a flight to the south, (laughs) and all those millennials that are ready for the family stage of life. If I could just interject, I remember 08, 09, crazy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Real estate. Crazy and, and devastating. And devastating, absolutely, yeah. And all this stuff sounds great. And could you elaborate on these four forces? Oh, sure. So when we talk about government support, we have to realize that the Federal Reserve and the Biden administration both support the U.S. housing market. The U.S. housing revival we've been experiencing might have started sooner except that the Federal Reserve hiked interest rates aggressively in 2017 and 2018, which raised the cost of borrowing and thereby depressed demand, right? Real estate's all about supply and demand. Now, the Fed is on the side of housing strength. Mortgage rates are still low, though they're rising, and it's widely expected that the Fed will be very slow to raise interest rates. Indeed, many experts think that the Fed's next rate hiking cycle won't begin until sometime in 2023. And recently, Janet Yellen's statement that she thought it should occur sooner really sent the markets tumbling. Mm. So that's something I think they're watching. We acknowledge that since the start of the year, the 30-year mortgage rate has risen from an all-time low of 2.65% to 3.25%, according to Freddie Mac, as of the end of March. But We're not really concerned, at least I'm not, that rates are likely to stifle the housing recovery anytime soon. Although mortgage interest rates are rising slightly, they're still below the effective rate at which buyers were financing home purchases and fueling that housing market at the end of last year. And home builders say that mortgage rates would need to rise to around 3.8% with a low of 3.5 and a high of four and a quarter, right? So you get that average of 3.8 before they would start to choke off housing sales. That was according to a recent survey done by ISI. So rates are not there yet, okay? We don't need to worry. As long as inflation remains well-behaved, I really think the movement to higher long-term rates will be at a slower pace from here. However, 
let's be sure that we know that when inflation sets in, the move to higher interest rates is going to be inevitable. Okay, and that'll help curb. Yes, it will. The money being it will lost, have right? a dramatic. Okay. It will have an impact. I don't know how dramatic it will be initially, but it will absolutely have an effect on supply and demand. Yeah. Hmm. So now let's talk about that second force. We call it suburban bliss. So people are moving out of the big cities into the surrounding suburbs. Movement really began during the pandemic lockdowns as people who were fearful of COVID-19 wanted to flee that congestion from the city and being in small apartments to be in the more wide open spaces of the suburbs. And this was fueled by remote work during the pandemic because that made it possible to live further away from the urban centers. Now, almost half of office workers and employers appear to agree that two to three days of working from home could be ideal for them. This new norm, I think, is going to keep the demand for suburban housing remaining very strong. When you look at long-term housing in cities such as New York and L.A., they absolutely offer good value. However, experts don't expect a rapid bounce back after the pandemic-inspired lockdowns and the remote work adjustments that we've experienced. So if you are thinking about purchasing in a big city area, if you're not in it for the long haul, you want to temper your expectations regarding that near-term appreciation. Obviously, in the long run, real estate always appreciates. Mm -hmm. However, in the near term, you might want to temper those expectations. Then third, we have what I like to call the flight to the south. You know, this was actually a trend that was already underway before the pandemic hit, but it greatly accelerated during the COVID-19 crisis. And economists believe that it's actually likely to continue. The big issue is this. Big cities in the Northeast and on the West Coast are really expensive to live in. Look at the cost of LA. Look at the cost of the Bay Area. And their state and local taxes, <coughs> could they choke me anymore, <laughs> which were already high pre-pandemic, Actually, they're likely to get more onerous in the virus's aftermath. So all you have to do is look around to see that business is booming in the U.S. South. Now, let me ask you this, Lori. Mm -hmm. um, when you talk South, what I hear from people, they're just moving out of California. Even my son's fourth grade teacher, right. she's like, uh, you know what? They, did, you know, I'm not, they didn't resign my contract. So we're moving. We're, we're heading to Texas. That seems like the primary. Texas has south. been a sweet spot for people moving. And as a matter of fact, I think next week we're going to do a little segment um, with a good friend of mine um, that's actually from Bakersfield that sells real estate in Texas. And I thought it'd be interesting for our listeners to hear what's happening in that market. Wow. But wow. yeah, um, Texas is a hot spot. Tennessee is another one. Huh. Florida is big. And then you get some of the middle states. You get Iowa, Illinois. Um, we've had a lot of folks also moving closer to us, but not on the coast. Um, Nevada, Arizona, Utah, mm -hmm. Idaho. It's You're, it's crazy to see that too, and and you think, yeah, one the taxes, two just the cost of living. Exactly. Um, I've seen people looking at Mississippi, which I never thought about. And exactly. Like, it's great down here. Exactly. <laughs> and so you know we have yeah. to recognize, and and that's not necessarily 
impacting Bakersfield because while we do have folks moving out of the area, we have that suburban bliss effect taking effect Mm -hmm. with people from higher priced areas moving here because we are so much more Can I say this too, that I'm seeing a lot more Priuses? Oh, yeah. Subarus. I'm yep. thinking like, yep. okay, here they yep. go. Yep. Less truck, big trucks on the road because Kern County is a big truck place. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, crazy. and gosh, you know, with the cost of gasoline these days, that, that might be a smart move. I don't know. I'm not really ready to trade my gasoline-powered model in, but yeah, for each their own. Yep. So then when we talk about these important factors, we have a fourth one that I think is extremely important, and that's one that – is not going to allow this upturn in housing to be followed by a crash like we saw in 2008 or 2009, and that is the rise of the millennial. When you think about it, as we have these people moving out of the area, who's going to keep buying homes? As we all age, who's going to keep buying homes? Millennials. Mm. They not only form the largest generation in U.S. history. That was a fact that was surprising to me. Wow. But they also have plenty of ability and desire to become homeowners. Indeed, their move into home ownership has really only just begun. Millennials have driven the household formation rate or the rate at which they establish homes of their own from a low of 600,000 in 2010 to, are you ready for this? Mm. 1.5 million today. Huh. That's pretty amazing to me. This generation is expected to maintain a household formation pace of 1.5 to 1.75 million annually, long after the COVID crisis is passed. Now, that's very interesting you talk about millennials because, you know, I have a promotions team. Uh You know, that that millennial age range. Right. And and you ask them a few years back, they're like, oh, I'm just going to rent. There's too much work, homeowning. And, you know, and and I was, I saw my parents go, you know, go through the crash, all this Mm -hmm. stuff. And you Mm -hmm. think, but now, that's that's good to see, though, because millennials, it's a smart move. Talk to Lori when you buy a house. Because, because, Thanks for that. Because, <laughs> because it, it makes great sense. And I, well, I remember telling them. It does. Go ahead. Renting, you're paying somebody else's mortgage, which we know. Exactly. That's and, my, my, my statement I make all the time. You're paying a mortgage. It's just not yours. Yeah, right? so it's really good to see that change. Absolutely. And you're right. So many of those saw what their parents suffered through, and they feared that, Yeah, I don't want to go through that ever. I mean, it was stressful. It was depressing. um, But clearly, that is changing as they grow up and mature and start forming family units. Then, obviously, the next step is having home ownership. So that sounds like a good place to, uh, to take a break. And I tell you what, when we come back, let's talk about that burning question I get asked repeatedly. And let's see if you can guess what it is while we're gone. Hmm. Also, while we're on break, all of you out there can take this opportunity and send your questions to the Kern County Real Estate Review Facebook page. We'd love to have the opportunity to answer them for you. You're listening to the Kern County Real Estate Review with Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group at Coldwell Banker Preferred Realtors on 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR. And streaming live on KNZR.com. And to reach Lori, you can call her or her team anytime at 661-665-SOLD. That's 661-665-7653. 
or you can go to her website at themccartygroup.com where you can tour all of the properties available in Kern County from the comfort of your couch or give Lori a call if you'd like to see them in person. Even though she's ranked as one of the top 250 agents in the nation by the Wall Street Journal and eighth in North America for Coldwell Banker, I promise you she's as down to earth as can be and her goal is simply to serve you. So let her do that. And we'll be right back with the Kern County Real Estate Review here on KNZR. on missing out on the home you love or having to settle for something less just because you couldn't sell your own home quickly. I'm Barbara Corcoran. I've worked with thousands of successful real estate agents. Let me help you choose the right agent so this doesn't happen to you. If you're buying or selling in Bakersfield, call Lori McCarty because she offers an immediate cash offer and can help you find great homes before they hit the market. Partner with the right agent. Go to the McCartyGroup.com and start packing. Welcome back to the Kern County Real Estate Review featuring our host, Lori McCarty of The McCarty Group here on KNZR 1560 AM, 97.7 FM and streaming live on KNZR.com. Having sold over 10,000 homes in her career, there's no one better qualified than Lori and her team to assist you with all your real estate needs. The number to reach her is... 661-665-SOLD. That's 661-665-7653. And now if you're just tuning in, we're visiting this morning with Lori about the state of the American housing market. And so back to you, Lori. Thanks, Adelaide. So can you guess, were you able to figure out during the break? Well, what I'm most asked this year. Uh, you know what? <laughs> After our last little bit there, I bet you it has something to do about when this market will crash, or is there a housing bubble we're experiencing? I mean, something like that? Absolutely. It's it's really, it's always some variation of when or will the market mm. crash. Now, obviously, real estate markets are cyclical. They go up, they go down, and nobody has a crystal ball to predict that. Mm -hmm. But let me state for the record, experts who study this all day long believe this is not Repeat, not a housing bubble, okay? Mm -hmm. Those who remember our last housing bubble in the mid-2000s obviously are going to be nervous watching the U.S. housing prices currently soar. But you have to remember, the previous bubble was fueled by speculative buying, which is not the case today. Now, when you say speculative, what exactly is that? They were buying, assuming... The prices were going to go up. Were they, they were treating speculating? It, treating it like a stock? Treating it exactly oh, like a stock. Okay. 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 That Buying in just trouble. for investment purposes. Okay. Gotcha. Right? That's not what we have today. Indeed, today we have several factors that you can point to that actually support this position. First and foremost, leverage ratios, i.e., your debt to income ratio, okay, mm -hmm. remains very low. Okay. Home buying has been rational, at least thus far, <laughs> as most mortgage lending is to those who have high FICO scores with credit quality remaining strong relative to the 2005-2006 market. 
Experts believe that construction activity will continue to power on as high home prices make new construction very attractive, especially when there's a shortage of inventory. And last, with interest rates still incredibly low, but slowly increasing, you can still afford more home than you could in years past. And I know that's hard for people to believe, but but as prices go up, if interest rates are lower, you can actually afford more home than the reverse. Hmm. So certainly, potential home buyers are concerned that along with interest rates, home values are also rising. Yet, all indications are that this trend will not be going away anytime soon. So if you're sitting out there waiting for the right time, it may already be here. So don't wait. Exactly. (laughs) Now, according to Merrill Lynch's Capital Market Outlook, and I'm quoting here, there are reasons to believe that this is likely to be an unusually long and strong housing expansion. Demand is very strong because the biggest demographic cohort in history, the millennial, is moving through the household formation and peak home buying stages of its life cycle. Coronavirus-related preference changes have also sharply boosted home buying demand. At the same time, supply is unusually tight, with available homes for sale at record low levels, and double-digit price gains are rationing the supply. Mm-hmm. Now, Lori, what you're saying, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. I just think most people who live through the credit crisis have an uneasy feeling about where this market is headed. Uh, you know, and I completely understand that, Adelaide. So if what I've shared so far hasn't convinced you, maybe this will. A new analysis by Redfin found that for the calendar year 2021, a record 2.53 trillion dollars worth of home sales will transact in America. That's trillion with a wow. T. That's a 17% year-over-year gain and the largest annual increase in percentage terms since 2013. Okay, that's, yeah, wow, staggering. Yeah, Yeah, it is. And as we've talked about before, another key driver that keeps the bubble from bursting, mortgage owners have done incredibly well at keeping up with their payments. After the 2008-2009 housing disaster, The government and lenders learn to give homeowners options and assistance much faster. That is really good to hear. And and I know because some people are sitting on the sidelines for the fact that I'm waiting for a crash, i.e. an opportunity. Yep. But but I don't I don't I'd rather not see that. Absolutely. Me me too. Well, I joke sometimes, yes, I'd like to see the market, you know, tank a little bit just so we could (laughs) clean out some of the um, lesser skilled agents. That's oh. a tactful way to put it. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> and on another note, now, the end of June's coming soon. Everyone right. is concerned about the lifting of the foreclosure moratorium and how it will be impacted by the forbearance numbers. Oh, of course. I completely understand that. That's another thing that people bring up to me all the time. So originally, it was projected that 4 million homeowners would need to take advantage of forbearance programs. However, hmm. There are just 2 million people in forbearance, or half of what was originally projected. And to give you a frame of reference, in a normal year, about 1% of loans 
wind up in foreclosure. So now, of those $2 million, it's estimated that only 13% of those homeowners have no plan in place and may be at risk of default. So when you do the math, that's approximately 325,000 people nationwide. Okay, okay. Now, if we take the 250,000 loans that were in foreclosure prior to the pandemic, and we assume all 325,000 of the borrowers exiting forbearance without a plan, that 13%, are going to default, there would be 575,000 loans in foreclosure, or a foreclosure rate of 1.15% nationwide. Mm, Okay. That's barely above the historic average, and it's a far cry from the 4% of loans in foreclosure at the peak of the Great Recession. Okay, so we've got some room. We do. And the good news is is that the majority of borrowers that needed assistance are getting back on their feet sooner than expected. According to stats by the Mortgage Bankers Association, total loans and forbearance decreased by 11 basis points relative to the prior week from 4.47% to 4.36%. Plus, mortgage credit availability also increased in April. And I have a quote here if I can find it. Mm, Let me see. Ah, here it is. Okay. Mortgage delinquency rates, which is where there is at least one payment past due, but it doesn't include loans that are in the process of foreclosure. So mortgage delinquency rates continued to decrease in the first quarter of 2021 as a rebounding job market and stimulus checks helped borrowers stay current on their mortgage payments. And that was from Marina Walsh, the Mortgage Banker Association's Vice President of Industry Analysis. Mortgage delinquencies track closely to the U.S. employment rate, and with unemployment dropping from last year's spike, many households appear to be doing better, she also said. Mm-hmm. Okay? So the percentage of loans on which foreclosure actions were started in the first quarter rose by one basis point to 0.04%. And the percentage of loans in the foreclosure process at the end of the first quarter was 0.54%, or down two basis points from the fourth quarter of 2020 and 19 basis points from one year ago. So that tells us we have really made some progress. So in my mind, what does that mean? This is the lowest foreclosure inventory rate since the first quarter of 1982. Which is great news because we said it earlier, nobody wants to see anyone lose their home. Absolutely not. But, and if, we, but if we look at the history, the 0809, mm-hmm. I felt like a lot of people that weren't really qualified right. got into a loan that maybe ended up being they're in over their head. Absolutely. They're, we kind of joked back then, if you could breathe, you could get a loan. <laughs> and, and in their desire, which I'm sure was well-placed, or at least I'd like to believe it is because, you know, me, I'm the eternal optimist, in their desire to promote home ownership and to uh, expand it across a variety of socioeconomic backgrounds, they did, the lenders loosened the lending guidelines extremely. And that, combined with the securitization of mortgages, led to the credit crisis. 
um, we're not in that state right now for all the reasons I've mentioned. Good. Okay. So I think this is another great place for a pause, unless you have something else you'd like to add. Not at the moment. I'm sure I will, though. Okay. (laughs) The wheels are turning. (laughs) Good. I'm glad to hear that. But everybody out there is going to want to stay tuned because when we talk, when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the record numbers from 2020. And we're also going to discuss a not real popular topic, the stimulus package, which is also known as the American Rescue Plan. And we're going to talk about what its impact on housing will be. And both of these, I think, are topics that, while you might not like them, you're going to want to hear about them. Mm-hmm. This is the Kern County Real Estate Review, and I'm your host, Lori McCarty. You're listening to 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Times we're living in are unparalleled, and it's affected all of us. It's made us feel uneasy and alone. Americans who need to sell their home or have to move and buy a new home are experiencing tremendous stress right now. And I know it's scary and overwhelming, but there is a solution. I'm fortunate to work with some of the top agents in America, agents who are going to tell you the truth, who will give you the best advice that's right for you. Right now, you need to work with an agent that can bring solutions for you. You have the help of somebody that can help you really make an informed decision. Lori McCarty with the McCarty Group at Caldwell Banker. You may want to take a cash offer or maybe it's time to upgrade your home and get it ready to sell in the summer. Maybe you should just hold tight and refinance. You do have options and you deserve to work with a great agent who does business with the highest integrity. Call Lori McCarty at 665-SOLD or online at themccartygroup.com. That's themccartygroup.com. You're listening to KNZR, 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, and streaming live on KNZR.com. And we're back this morning with the Kern County Real Estate Review, featuring our host, Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group. You can follow Lori on social media, either Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. And to keep up with all the real estate news in Kern County, you can follow this show on Facebook at the Kern County Real Estate Review. She'd love it if you'd submit questions you'd like her to answer or suggest topics you'd like her to cover on Sunday mornings. Voted Best of Bakersfield, your favorite realtor, again in 2021, and she's just the best there is. (laughs) Thanks, Adam. We love her here. Now I appreciate that. Um, now, looking back, 2020 was really a banner year for you, wasn't it? I mean, eighth in North America for Coldwell Banker, top 250 in Wall Street Journal, best of Bakersfield. Amazing accomplishments. It was. And, and you know, I am eternally grateful to each and every client, as well as to my amazing team. I couldn't have done it without all of them. But it wasn't just a banner year for me. It was actually a banner year for the housing market. Amazing year. And speaking of that, I know previously we talked about um, it's not a bubble, according no, to the experts. It's not. This thing. We're going to keep saying that. It's not a bubble. It's not a bubble. <laughs> don't don't be afraid. Right. But could there be a correction? Oh, to- absolutely. There will be. Um, as I said before, historically, real estate markets go up 
and then they go down. Um, fortunately, at least through my lifetime, every time they've gone up, they've gone up higher than where the last high was. And I think that we're going to see that this time as well. But just like when we had the credit crisis of 2008, 2009, when the market does decline or correct, that will be an opportunity for people who have the cash, who have the wherewithal, the capital, to be able to pick up investment properties for longer term appreciation. Hmm. You know, I know several of my clients were able to capitalize on what was obviously a, a sad situation for a lot of folks, but they were able to take advantage of what the market provided at the time that the market declined, anywhere from 2008 up to about 2011. If, if you bought a home then, you can look at your value today and know that you did really, really well. And there will be a time between now and and when the market decides to correct itself, that that will happen again. And so for all of those people out there who are on top of the market, those of you who are listening to the show and, and tracking what's happening, that could be a great opportunity for you. Absolutely. And you look at those 2008-2009 numbers. I was here in Bakersfield, mm-hmm. and I remember looking at houses and say, oh, 300000 Oh, my gosh, that's so much money. Right. The correction kicked in. The bubble burst. You could have bought that house for 150. Absolutely. And you're thinking, wow. And guess what? Now it's probably at 350. Uh, of course <laughs> it is. Yeah, we are seeing pricing yeah. um, matching, and in some areas exceeding that mm-hmm. 2006, 2007 peak. So as we talk about the fact that you know we are coming off of a banner year, um, and honestly, I expect 2021 to be more of the same. Let's look at some of the record numbers that we've seen. So we're currently experiencing a record low of just 19 days on the market for homes that sold. And that is down 16 days, almost half, from the same period last year. Pretty amazing, huh? Yes. Wow. We have a record high of 48% of homes sold for more than their list price. Okay, that that's kind of unheard of to my parents look at me when I talk about that and they go, what? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, mom and dad, we start at list price and go up from there. It's not we start at list price and go down in terms of negotiation. Um, So when you look at that 48% of homes that have sold for more than their list price, that is up 20 percentage points from the same period a year ago. We also have a record high 101.4% average sale to list price ratio, which measures how close homes are selling to their asking prices. That's up 2.7 percentage points year over year. So what that means is that the average home sold for 1.4% more than its asking price. Wow. Yeah. We have a record high of 58% of homes that went under contract having an accepted offer within the first two weeks on the market. (laughs) Okay? And, I don't know, how many times can I say record high? We have a record high of 45% of homes that went under contract having an accepted offer within one week of hitting the market. 
Yeah, and and it's crazy. You can see this happening. Mm-hmm. You drive through a neighborhood. Hey, a for sale sign's up. No, it's not. It's gone. <laughs> it's yeah. gone. I mean, I, I remember seeing them up for a month, two mm-hmm. months, but now you're seeing them gone, gone in a weekish. Absolutely. Or so too, you know? uh, I mean, some quick. of them don't even get for sale signs put up because wow. there are limited resources in terms of the sign companies in town that that handle the business for all of the different companies. And so many a times we will order up a sign and um, we will order it up for a Friday. We get multiple offers over the weekend. We sell the property and Monday morning we're calling to cancel and say, don't even bother digging a hole in the yard. No, no little sign hole to no. trip over when you're walking over the lawn. There. Exactly. So. <laughs> well, that's good. And that just shows. Yep. Strong market. And Absolutely. Those are outstanding numbers. Yes, they are. And, Honestly, they're a continuing reason for buyers and sellers to both be aware that this is a great market. So that being said, let's turn our focus to the stimulus package. So as we all know, President Biden recently signed into law a $1.9 trillion economic stimulus package that has been called the American Rescue Plan. What you might not know, however, is that in addition to issuing $1,400 stimulus checks to Americans, the plan also is going to funnel billions into the housing market to alleviate some of these pandemic-related issues like rent non-payment, which has really had a devastating effect on some of our small-scale landlords. Now, specifically, $27.5 billion has been allocated for emergency rental aid, which should really help ease some of the pain that these investors are feeling. The bill also is going to include, or does include, $9.9 billion that's allocated to the Homeowners Assistance Fund. That fund is to help homeowners in need be able to pay overdue mortgage bills, their taxes, insurance, and any HOA dues they might have. And these funds are going to be distributed through the state housing finance agencies. So if you're in need of that assistance, if you know someone who is in need of that assistance, reach out. Now, it's my understanding of the bill that unlike past relief packages, this one provides direct homeowner relief, whereas prior bills have created some protections for homeowners, but they didn't provide any direct aid. So now here's another quote I came across. These funds are designed to help homeowners avoid foreclosure and to catch up on mortgage, utility, property tax, and insurance payments, according to David M. Dworkin, who's the president and CEO of the National Housing Conference. Furthermore, a hundred million dollars will be allocated to rural housing and seven hundred and fifty million to the housing needs in Native American communities. So it'll be interesting to see how all that plays out. 
Hmm. Okay. Now, what? just real quick, back to the stimulus. Will there be another round of stimulus checks, or we don't know yet? We don't know yet, but okay. if, if I were a, I, I think a lot of that is going to depend on the recovery that we see in the overall economy. Because I do see little tidbits in the news. Mm-hmm. There's talks of a monthly stimulus. Ah, yes, there is. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, one thing that <clears throat> that I think is unfortunate is that as a small business owner, I suffer from this. We have incentivized not working uh, through some of these stimulus payments. Oh, and yeah. um, it is very hard to find you know great help these days um, because in many cases people feel like they can make more money by staying at home. And who wouldn't want to stay home? I'd love to yes, stay home, absolutely. have my bills paid, take care of all that. Oh yeah, I've got a buddy in town that that owns a restaurant. Oh, and I can't like, even imagine yeah, what he's, he's all, going through. Guys, come back to work. We're you know we're opening up, and they're like, well, you know, I'm making more money. Right. I get to spend time with my family, which is really important, and we've learned the importance of that over the last year. Yeah, it's like this is why would I want to come back now? Well, because I think ultimately, as a human, we are designed, I believe, to be productive. Mm-hmm. and to be mm-hmm. contributing members of society. So while we would enjoy being there and we're being incentivized to stay home financially, I think at some point, A, our own intrinsic need to be productive will kick in, mm-hmm. and B, hopefully the federal government will recognize they're doing this country a disservice by continuing to stimulate staying at home. Right. Absolutely. So, well, overall, great news. Um, Anything else to share on this particular subject? Oh, not really that I can think of. Um, You know, is is there anything in particular you want to ask about? I think this is this is great information, and and knock on wood, you know, looking back at 2020, I was one of the lucky ones mm-hmm. to have a job, right? But I but I, I know we mentioned you mentioned it's it's innate that we want to be productive. It but is. Can I say there's a, there's an exception to that, and I know a few of them. Okay, <laughs> just kind of like I'm on a 12 month vacation and I'm getting paid, and I was like, yes, the rest I, of us working, paying I taxes. Do, I do understand that, but I real and and that's why I believe the vast majority of Americans mm-hmm. will at some point on their own decide I got to go be productive, but that's going to have to be incentivized by the federal government to stop paying people to stay at home. Right. It's a pandemic. It's nearing its end. Um, We have learned a lot. Um, A substantial number of people have been vaccinated. We should be moving forward, and we should not be making additional stimulus payments to keep people from, from working. That's my personal opinion. But I think if we continue to do this, we're going to see the economy decline, um, and it will have unintended consequences that that most of us haven't thought about. Yeah, and just to quote my dad when I was 16, you want a car, you're paying for your own gas, mm-hmm. you got to pay for your insurance, and you need to get a job. Right. That was my parents. <laughs> yep. Get a job. Time to get a job. But I want new clothes. Get a job. <laughs> I get it. Okay. Exactly. Um, so, you know, I would say to folks out there, if, if you want to visit about any of these topics, 
you know what, you're welcome to call me and discuss it at any time. And of course, that number is 661-665-SOLD. That's 661-665-7653. Excellent. Now, I think if we have a few moments, I'd really love to get to a couple of the questions that have been submitted over the past few weeks. You know, we've had such great guests on recently Mm. that there just wasn't enough time in the hour to get to everything. So do you still have some of those questions handy? Oh, you bet. We do. (laughs) And uh, here's the first one. So, dear Kern County Real Estate Review, I've been trying to refinance but can't get into my rental for an appraisal due to the tenant not being there when we've scheduled an appointment. Uh, this, this is Yeah, this has happened twice now. What can I do? I'm losing money as I keep having to pay for an extension on the mortgage refinance where I'm trying to get a lower rate and therefore a lower payment. Mm. Plus, I'm mm-hmm. having to pay trip charges to the appraiser. Ouch. Yeah, what's my best course of action? Thanks, Jamie F., Gosh, Jamie, that's a really tough situation to be in as a landlord. And I know it can be frustrating all the way around. Now, I'm going to assume that this tenant has indicated that he or she is going to object to entry to the property unless they're present. Or maybe that they have the only set of keys, and that's why you're relying on them to be there in order to get uh, to have the appraiser gain access. So if that's the case, your recourse is actually pretty simple, but it's going to take a number of written notices. You have to remember that today, verbal agreements just don't work. And here's a classic example of why not, right? If your tenant doesn't let you in after a proper notice of inspection is properly served, then a notice to cure or quit must be served. You may then schedule another entry, and if the tenant again fails to allow access, then you can serve a notice to quit. Per our guest and legal expert, Fawn Desi, from a few weeks ago, remember she said, mm-hmm. it, it, it's always good to explain in that notice to cure or to quit that the tenant has objected to entry unless they're present, or that the tenant um, has the only set of keys, whatever the circumstance may be there, as well as stating the basis on which the landlord is allowed to to inspect, which would be, of course, the paragraphs in your rental agreement Mm -hmm. that reference that. And remember, nothing is simple these days. So, Professional assistance is always advised, right? Yeah. And I'm sure Fawn would be happy to continue advising you if you guys want to reach out to her because she handles a lot of landlord-tenant um, law and relationships. Yeah, well, that's great information, Lori. And Jamie, I hope you appreciate that. I hope it works out for you. Yeah, I sure hope it helps. That's a tough, tough situation to be in. All right, so we've got another one. Do we have time? I don't know. You, you're the timekeeper. Looks like maybe okay. we do. <laughs> Let's squeeze one in here now. Okay. So, dear real estate review, mm-hmm. I recently purchased a home, and two weeks after I got the keys, a pipe burst 
Oh, boy. And I came home from work to three inches of water. Oh, Yikes. my. Uh, the cleanup alone cost me almost $3,000. Whoa. And on top of that, it was from faulty, non-compliant piping, i.e. meant for an RV. Wow. Whoa. I've never heard of such a thing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. When I asked the home inspection company, they pointed to the previous owner. Mm-hmm. And when I tried to contact them, they just ignored me. Isn't oh. someone responsible? Mm-hmm. I mean, I paid for a home inspection, and this should have been noted, right? Yep. After the whole ordeal, I spent a total of, geez, $12,000 because I had to replace a bunch of that crappy pipe. Oh, no. <laughs> Lastly, how can I protect myself from something like this in the future. I do enjoy your show and tune in every Sunday. <laughs> Thanks, Drenched in Bills. Oh, oh wow. my. My heart goes Thanks. out to you. Wow. There is nothing more disastrous than water damage. Um, you know, it is so pervasive. And as as our writer indicated, it's really costly to cure. Um, so, okay, let's take the questions one at a time here. And let's start with the inspector. Now, of course, here's my disclaimer. While I'm not an attorney and I can't give you legal advice, it seems to me that the inspector has some responsibility and therefore some liability. If RV piping, which I've never heard of, is not acceptable to be used in residential dwellings, and frankly, I don't know if it is or it isn't, um, but if it's not then the inspector should have known that. They're presenting themselves to you as an expert, so you would expect them to have knowledge of what is and what isn't acceptable. Now, of course, that's going to assume that there was access to the pipe in question, and it wasn't just a part of the pipe that was inside the walls and not readily accessible to the inspector. I'm going to imagine since a bunch of it had to be replaced, um, I assume that the inspector must have seen it. But the difficulty in this situation is that as um, Jacob Freeman from Signature Property Inspections mentioned to us a couple of weeks back, there's no licensing and no certification required to become a home inspector in the state of California. So just about anyone can call themselves an inspector and receive a fee to inspect the home. Obviously, the good ones, like Jacob, become certified so that they can distinguish themselves from the pact. And the good ones will usually reimburse at least their fee or make some other accommodation with the client if they feel like they were clearly in the wrong. At least that's been my experience. If, however... It had been the correct type of piping, and it burst two weeks after the close of escrow. There would typically have been no liability and no responsibility on the part of the inspector or the seller, because that's just what we unfortunately call life. There's no way to predict that pipe's going to break. Yep. Now, what about liability on the part of the seller? All right. So the law says the seller is supposed to disclose any and everything they know about the property that could affect the value or desirability of the home. So if the seller knew that there was incorrect piping, maybe because he replaced it himself and that's what he had lying around, then yes, they could be found liable. But what if they hired someone to replace the pipes and they weren't aware 
that incorrect piping was used, right? In that case, theoretically, the responsibility would fall on the person who installed the incorrect pipe. The biggest problem that drenched in bills is going to have is proving that the seller knew the pipe was being used incorrectly. So what really could drenched have done to protect him or herself? Well, first or foremost, you've got to make sure you thoroughly vet the inspector you hire and that they stand behind their work. That's why relying on the recommendations of trusted friends, family, or advisors like your real estate professional is paramount. Secondly, this would absolutely be a claim for your homeowner's insurance. While many people don't want to file claims because they are afraid that their premiums will go up, this is exactly the type of situation that homeowner's insurance is designed to cover. Good. That's really good information, too. And this would be a great episode of Law & Order. That's what it sounds <laughs> it? like. Oh, my goodness. Well, sorry, Drenched, and I hope things worked out for you. Absolutely. Uh, now, Lori, we do have a few more questions, but now looking at the clock, I think they'll have to wait till next time. Oh, bummer. I'd oh. really like to get to those. Those were good. So if you've sent in a question, if you've, um, you know, emailed us or posted on, on um, social media, know that we're, we haven't forgotten about you. We're getting to you, and we will make sure next week I'll try to make sure we set aside enough time to get to those remaining questions, okay? Sounds good. All right. And, of course, I'm not going anywhere. I'll be back next Sunday morning at 8 a.m., just before Sean Hannity, who's going to come up next. I hope that this week I've been able to provide all of you with a little more clarity into the world of real estate and look forward to seeing you next Sunday. Have a great rest of your day and a great week ahead. This is Lori McCarty with the McCarty Group of Coldwell Banker Preferred Realtors and your host of the Kern County Real Estate Review here on 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR and streaming live on knzr.com. We'll see you next week. Hey, you confused about real estate? Sean Hannity here, and I can tell you as an active real estate investor, well, just like the stock market, it can go up one day and down the next. Home values and sales, they fluctuate on a dime. Now, even though I bought and sold homes for years all across this great country, one thing I will always do is partner with a sharp real estate agent that truly studies local and national market trends, that knows the real value of homes, and most importantly, knows how to generate demand regardless of the market. And the good news is you have a truly amazing agent right in your backyard. I'm talking about Lori McCarty of Coldwell Banker. She has an amazing team working for her that doesn't miss a single detail. Her system is so bulletproof, well, she can create demand for your home at a deadline that you agree to, or she will buy it herself. Now, real estate doesn't have to be frustrating or scary. Call Lori McCarty today at 665-SOLD. That's 665-SOLD online, themccartygroup.com. That's themccartygroup.com. Go there and you can start packing. The times we're living in are unparalleled.
and it's affected all of us. It's made us feel uneasy and alone. Americans who need to sell their home or have to move and buy a new home are experiencing tremendous stress right now. And I know it's scary and overwhelming, but there is a solution. I'm fortunate to work with some of the top agents in America, agents who are going to tell you the truth, who will give you the best advice that's right for you. Right now, you need to work with an agent that can bring solutions for you. You have the help of somebody that can help you really make an informed decision. Lori McCarty with the McCarty Group at Caldwell Banker. You may want to take a cash offer or maybe it's time to upgrade your home and get it ready to sell in the summer. Maybe you should just hold tight and refinance. You do have options and you deserve to work with a great agent who does business with the highest integrity. Call Lori McCarty at 665-SOLD or online at themccartygroup.com. That's themccartygroup.com. This has been the Kern County Real Estate Review here on 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR, and also streaming live on KNZR.com. Hosted by Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group at Coldwell Banker. Whatever your real estate needs are in Kern County, Lori and the McCarty Group are the local experts you can count on. Whether you're buying, selling, relocating, or maybe you just have a real estate question, all you have to do is call her at 661-665-SOLD. That's 661-665-7653. And she or one of her team will be delighted to help you, so give them a call. You can also follow Lori on social media, either Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. And to keep up with all the real estate news in Kern County, you can follow this show on Facebook at the Kern County Real Estate Review. You can submit questions or suggest topics you'd like her to cover on Sunday mornings. Lori McCarty, voted Best of Bakersfield your favorite realtor again in 2021. Join us next week, Sunday morning, 8 a.m., for another edition of the Kern County Real Estate Review with Lori McCarty here on KNZR. 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, and streaming live on KNZR.com. I'm gonna make this place yours